back to day 30 of the school shutdown. down. Today, I welcome Venus, who works at multiple hospitals in Brooklyn. A little bit about your background and what you do. So I currently am a medical device consultant technician. Um, I've been in healthcare for about mm, 20 years. Um, it's pretty much majority been in cardiology, and that's where I am now. I cover currently in the position that I hold now, I cover what we consider um, a territory. So I don't work in just one hospital. I work in multiple hospitals throughout Brooklyn. So I have what we call Brooklyn East, which covers Kings County, SUNY Downstate, Kingsbrook Jewish Medical Center, community, New York community. And I have a couple of hospitals in Queens as well, which covers Elmhurst, St. John's, uh, New York Presbyterian Queens and Queens Hospital. So what I specifically do is I work with cardiac patients that when they're at a high risk of having an event where they would have what we call sudden cardiac arrest that sometimes is not symptomatic, they would just go ahead and kind of maybe feel lightheaded or something and then go ahead, their heart rate would increase and then they would end up um, losing consciousness and then they would have to be rushed to the hospital. So what I do is I place what we call a life vest and that life vest is an actual wearable defibrillator. So the same thing that you would see um, in a, uh, a medical TV show where they're doing, when patients are in cardiac arrest and they're actually defibrillating them, that's what the device that I put onto the patients it does. But the only difference is you're not doing it in hospital setting. The patients are able to go home with the device and be able to be monitored at home and they would get the treatment they needed in the case if they have an event. How have things changed in the last few weeks? So things have changed immensely. So because of COVID-19, there has not been as much um, focus on patients with other illnesses. Everything has been focused on COVID-19. We've seen a lot of our patients, unfortunately, that have cardiac issues and a background, a history with cardiac issues. Unfortunately, they have passed away. So everything is focused on the current crisis, the pandemic, COVID-19. A lot of the hospitals they are just overwhelmed with patient admissions every day due to COVID-19. In Brooklyn, it's super sad, not even in Brooklyn, just in the five boroughs, in the tri-state area. It's really sad because we've had so many, we've taken the biggest hit. We've had so many people pass away from COVID. And I'm sure you see on the news uh, all the things that are going on because there's such a high volume of deaths and you know we're doing the best we can to get you know keep patients alive but there's still a big need for you know ppe the personal you know e protective equipment there's a huge need for volunteers a lot of we have seen a lot of people come out of state to pitch in and help because we just don't have the manpower to care for so many patients the numbers are going down thank god but we're still getting the patients into the emergency room we still have a long way to go before um, we're out of the woods. Are people getting tested at the hospital? People do get tested when they come in with the symptoms. Uh, they do get tested at the hospital. There are testing sites throughout the five boroughs, but they still haven't gotten to the point where if you're not symptomatic, obviously, you know, let's say you just have a regular cough or you're not very, very ill, they're not testing at that stage. You know, they're just um, asking you to quarantine 
and to kind of wait it out. If it gets progressive, then you come into the hospital and then they get tested in the hospital. But even at the hospital level, it still takes, it takes a, a couple of days for the testing to come back because there's such a high volume of patients. What would you say to all those people um, who are saying everyone is overreacting and they need to get back to work? You know, I understand that people are, you know, they're frustrated. I get it. And everybody does want to get back to some normalcy. But like I said a few seconds ago, we have a long way to go before we're out of the woods. And if we start even like on a day today, I've been watching from the window seeing that seeing that so many people are outside i don't see everyone with a mask i don't see everyone practicing social distancing that's a recipe for disaster as much as we all want to get back to normalcy and get back to work we have you know so much going on at the same time if you don't have life you can't function and you know for people that are fighting and protesting for them to lift the restrictions the very restrictions that they want lifted is what was able to slow the spread. If we start to go back out now and we start to go back to normal practices, it will continue to spread. There is no, there's no vaccine yet. There is no one treatment yet that has been conclusive to treat people with COVID-19. So it's very important for us to stick to this because it's, this is the only thing that's been working is to do the wearing the mask. You know, everybody has to wash their hands. I see people with gloves on and that's great if you have enough gloves on to constantly change them because that's another practice that's very important for people to realize if you use the gloves everywhere and you're touching everything and then you're touching yourself or you're touching your cell phone, then you're contaminating that. And so when you take the gloves off, then you've, you still have that bacteria and that virus growing on there. So it's very important to understand that it's very real. We're not overreacting. It's, it's, if, if you want to, you know, I don't suggest anyone go outside or go to a hospital to view, but you can pass by a hospital, just drive by and you'll see all the trucks, unfortunately, with all the people who have passed away. And that's when you realize how real this is. So it's not overreacting. It's very real. And we, as much as we all want to get back to normalcy, I don't think that we should be rushing it. I think that we need to see numbers come down consistently for at least three weeks. You know, I know they're saying two weeks, but at least three weeks. And then even after that, when we start to resume getting back to our routines, we need to practice all of these protective measures. We need to still use the mask because let's remember, there's no vaccine for this. There is no treatment. They do the best they can on the front lines, but there's no one set treatment. Right now they're doing lots of testing, lots of studies, but there's just not one way of treating this. So we still have to do our part to save lives. What do you do to stay positive? Oh, that's a good question. So I have my family that keeps me very positive. Um, it's very hard when I go out during the day and I go to the hospitals and I see all that's going on. I see my colleagues, they're all, you know, everyone is working really hard. They're exhausted and a lot of my peers, a lot of the nurses I work with, a lot of the doctors I work with, they have actually, you know, been infected with COVID. They have gotten very sick. And so it's really hard. But when I see the people that I care about get better and they are able to go home to their families, that keeps me positive because, yes, there's a lot of, you know, cases where patients are dying, but there's a lot, there's more cases of patients recovering. Um, so that keeps me positive. I like to go for walks to, to stay positive and just kind of clear my thoughts and regroup for the next day. I play games with my daughter. She kind of keeps me, um, 
pretty positive and uh, happy and brings a smile to my face. So just looking at all the good that's going on, looking at all the people that are helping out you trying to do good and put out the positive word out there. So just seeing how many good people out are out there doing the right thing that keeps me positive. What kind of music do you like listening to right now? Um, I like a lot of gospel music. It keeps me, when I'm in my car driving out to the field, that keeps me pretty serene. Um, I like R&B music, a little bit of hip hop, not too much. And uh, just, um, I, like, I like jazz. Jazz is very calming for me. So I like a little bit of everything. Music definitely is a big thing for me though. Sometimes um, even when I get back before I get into the house, I'll sit there and listen to some music and just kind of re regroup and get my thoughts as well. Do you have any wisdom to pass on to us? I don't know if it's wisdom, but um, I guess my, my thoughts that I would want you guys to walk away with is to stay positive because, you know, this is a very difficult time and, and it's something that we've never experienced, but it will get better. This will pass but it is gonna take everyone doing their part. And it's very important that, you know, I have mentioned earlier about, you know, using the mask and washing your hands thoroughly, that shouldn't change anytime soon. Even, you know, when fall time comes, when the cold comes back in, that's a big concern because that becomes the regular flu season, which obviously we still won't have a vaccine by then. And there's, you know, still going to be lots of figuring out, you know, where, how long the virus lives. There's just tons of testing being done and there's no certainty. So we definitely need to um, keep washing our hands, keep practicing the social distancing as much as we can and just doing our part to help one another, help out in the community as much as we can and just kind of be united and, and pay attention to what's going on. Because what I do want to point out is, that unfortunately in our communities, there's a lot of disparities going on. You know, there's a, there's a high number of, you know, African-American and Hispanic people dying in high volumes. And it's sad that, you know, it, it happens during a crisis, but it's very real because of the lack of, you know, insurance and the lack of access that they have to the doctors and hospitals and because of the lack of insurance. So just always, you know, try to help one another. Put it out there where we need to always help one another. If you see a neighbor that may need something and, you know, may voice it, an elderly person, and you can drop something off with the social distancing and help out, just everyone pitch in and do the part, do their part. And most of all, really, really just keep doing these protective measures, even after we get back to some normalcy, because this is going to be around for, for quite some time. If you had one wish that could be granted, what would it be? One wish. That COVID would not have happened. <laughs> um, and we would not have lost so many lives. Uh, I think, honestly, yeah, that, that would be right now the one wish that, you know, because unfortunately I, I've lost a lot of good people that I've worked with and it's been very devastating to myself to our entire team of caregivers and I would give that wish to get everyone back and us just to be more informed and more aware because I think people at the beginning didn't take this seriously. Um, back in February before they actually had the first confirmed case, the first confirmed death in Washington, I remember mentioning I had been following it from China 
And I had mentioned to a group of my peers, my colleagues, you know, this is very real. And this is going to get to the United States. And I think people didn't take it seriously. So I, I, the one wish would be that, that we would have paid attention sooner and that we could have stopped, that's okay, stop this loss of life and this, this pandemic um, at the very start. That's a good question. Um, thank you for doing this interview with me. And so I'm gonna ask you, if you had one wish, I'm just curious, because this is something that you will tell your children about, and this is something that affects you guys. And when I say you guys, I mean our children, because you guys are the next generation and our future. I think you're around my daughter's age as well. And this is something that will have an impact on you guys forever and on your children one day and their grandchildren, and you know, your grandchildren and their children. So if you had one wish, what would that be? Well, since I'm 11 and I'm going into middle school this year. Okay, nice. It's going to be my last year in fifth grade with all my classmates. And some of my classmates, we already have contact with each other and we have for a while. But it's going to be kind of sad that we won't have this little party at the end. Okay. See each other. We may in the future, but not right now yeah i wish we could go back to school and everything would be normal back to normal okay. but that's not gonna happen so i wish covid19 would go away or never happened which is understandable so let me leave you with this thought um you may not be able to do it the conventional way. And that was something else that I, I think um, I want to leave you guys with is this will be our new norm, the Zooms. And I do lots of work. I work in the field because I work with patients, but I also do a lot of conferences because we have to respect social distancing as well. Um, the rules apply to everyone, for everyone. Because if you think about if I go out and I see a patient and then I meet up with my colleagues for a meeting, and I've come into contact with a COVID positive patient, I now have exposed myself and exposed that group of people. So we need to, this is the new norm and we need to embrace that. And you know, it's not the worst thing in the world. We all love that human contact, human beings by nature, that's how we're built, we thrive off of it. But maybe you can, you have begun to do this with um, doing the podcast and the Zoom. Maybe you can help them to get the application on there. I don't know if they have iPads that they're working with for the remote learning, but whatever. Most kids have smartphones. Get them to get the Zoom app up and just kind of create that, that um, senior graduation class. Get everybody's number. You can even, and you can kind of do like a Zoom prom and our little Zoom dance party. We've done it amongst ourselves and it actually was a great turnout. My grandma recently turned 85 and she actually got to see more of her family because of the technology than if we would had had an in-party, in-person party for her because we have family in Florida, we have family in Dominican Republic, we have family all around. And so obviously not everybody would be able to come to an in-person party, but they were all able to come to the Zoom. She saw her kids, her grandkids, her great-grandkids and great-great-grandkids. So she got to see everybody via Zoom. And it was a pretty nice turnout. I mean, obviously it's never the same as being in person and you know having the laughs and stuff, but we had some great laughs. 
great memories. And so maybe you should spearhead that and start kind of talking about it, pick a date. And with your parents' help, create that, get a name, create your theme and start sending out the invite to everybody. You know, you'll take your space right there. You'll put up your class of 2020 up there. And then you guys can all, you know, exchange phone numbers. And when things get back to normal, you can reconnect in person with everyone, but you'll have their contacts and you get to keep that um, connection with them via the, via the Zoom. So I think you should look into that. And I think you might actually have a really good time. You put some music on in the background. I saw you initially when um, you were setting up, you were doing a little dancing there. So, cause I'm actually gonna try to put together a graduation party for my daughter. So she's like, oh, so she's a little bit older than you. You're going into sixth grade. She's actually graduating this year as well, but she's go graduating from eighth grade. She's going into high school. So same feeling. She's not gonna get to see her BFF, you know, the last time to hug for graduation day and have that celebration in person but we're gonna put something together and have a nice party and some decorations and set everything up and we'll do the Zoom, I guess, prom from home. So think about it, get your parents on board and um, it may be something that you actually may have a really good time and everyone else as well. I was so. also, um, like when school actually, end, like once the pandemic is over, we like, a family reunion and then a few weeks later maybe a friend reunion where all your friends come and then that's a good idea that's a good idea that's a great idea but it's gonna take some time and i don't see where the gatherings will start i don't even think in summertime um the big group gatherings are yeah. gonna be too feasible um and you know like i said it's gonna because it might once we start getting back out there so the issue is there's lack of, they say that we have all this testing and we have a lot of testing in, but it's still not up to scale where it should be, where everybody has access to a test. So the thing is, we don't know who's infected and who's not. It's literally an invisible enemy. And so in that being said, once we start going out into these, you know, group gatherings, whether it's with family or friends, there's always that risk of exposure. And where there's exposure, there's the risk of spread. And so I don't see the groups too too big too too soon um groups more than five i don't see that happening anytime soon but you know we're gonna stay positive and this isn't so bad you know like i think we're doing more now some i think we're socializing a little bit more now because of the quarantine than what maybe we were doing on the regular basis and we get to hang out with our family a little bit more so uh, you know everything happens for a reason not the best way to get there but you know, we're going to be okay. And this will pass. It will get better. So just hold on to that thought and you'll get to see your friends again and hang out for sure. So thank you so much. I appreciate it. I did want to let everyone know as well. I have mentioned about the gloves. They're great. But if you don't have a good supply to switch them out when you're, you know, touching something else or going in and out and doing things, the other thing is to carry a small bottle of sanitizer, which I know is a, a big hot commodity and the stores are charging an immense amount of money for sanitizer. I saw a bottle for like $15, which is crazy because there's a lot of good people out there, but there's a lot of price gouging and bad people trying to make money off of a crisis. But you can, um, I'm pretty sure you've heard about it, but I'll just kind of reiterate it. You can make sanitizer at home. 
Um, what I've done with Maya, my daughter, I went and bought the, uh, you know, packages of small bottles. So we can all have some in our pocket. And I bought the aloe vera gel. So it's not so harsh on your hands. And um, you have to have alcohol of 70% or higher. Anything less than that may not kill the virus and the bacteria. So it should be alcohol 70% or higher. And then just kind of mix that up. So it's like a third of aloe vera and you know three thirds three parts of the alcohol and then you bottle it up so carry it in your pocket your mom can carry one your dad and just kind of even rub that on the gloves and clean the gloves off each time you're going to touch your cell phone each time you're going to make contact with something so you're not drying out your own hands and uh that i guess that would add to the end question that you had that would be a little bit of the wisdom that i have for you guys so you can make some sanitizer at home and pass the word around to your classmates as well please stay safe Thank you so much. That's it for today. See you later.